Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome, whether it's your first time or you are returning. I'm so glad that you are here. Hello, I'm Sarah Poet. I love today's guest. She's so damn sweet. Andrea Skitch. Uh, Check out her Instagram. She's doing these really beautiful combinations of trauma-informed meditation and kundalini yoga instruction. Uh, Super generous right there on her Instagram page, and you might want to book a session with her as well. So we're going to get to that interview very quickly. Um, I I think you're going to like it. It's very educational and informative, but everything that Andrea is doing is really innovative in the sense that the world is changing and there's a lot of this theme of like breaking down to break through right um in the world (laughs) in the world today there's that theme I would say and so you know Andrea's really got the the scope um from from this interview I could see that you know, she's really holding an awareness that all of this trauma healing is for uh, mass awakening, really. Those are my words, I think, more so than hers, but I think we agree on that. So please stick out the interview to the end. Um, she talks about highly sensitive folks, and <laughs> I think we are more in number than maybe have that official diagnosis there, right? So um, yeah, please enjoy the interview today. Um, come on back next week. I have a very personal share next week in the podcast that I'm bringing forward. It is something that has been brewing and, and, um, percolating inside of me on a soul level, things my soul has been up to. And I, I have recorded the episode and I'm going to tell you that, um, it was, it was vulnerable and bold even for me, but it needed to be said and be talked about. I'm going to be talking about women and resources. Um, if you haven't caught my episode with Madeline Moon on the mind body musings podcast, it's a good time to do that because I do reference, uh, where I was when I did that interview, Um, and what happened since then. But I've been deep in personal inquiry and percolation of some really beautiful, um, I'll say codes that came through the entire experience of uh, living on this sacred piece of land 
and um, sort of almost like battling, like an energetic battling um, with over resources with a man, sort of for the for the last time in my life, I'll say. Um, so yeah, that it taught me so much. And, um, I know that every woman listening has a story of depletion, uh, depletion of energy, depletion of financial resources, um, often in relation to man, but really in relation to patriarchy and the energetics that have been going on there. And so as I dove and dove and dove into that, um, I really learned a lot and I was really gifted some, some divine wisdom that I am looking forward to bringing forward. And the next offering that is coming is called heartland. And every time I say that something just happens right inside me in my heart. And, um, I love this. I love this offering that, that came to me, um, because these are, this is divine information. And, um, yeah, so I look forward to bringing that forward next week on the podcast and an update about what's going on at sarahpoet.com. You can now find once again, one hour sessions. Um, I had taken those off the menu for a while and I, what I got a lot of inquiries about that because, um, new folks were finding my work and it was, they wanted a little taste before diving into a private mentorship, which totally makes sense. And so those are back on the menu, uh, sarahpoet.com backslash book. And, you know, we can do coaching work. We can do the energy work, the sacred architecture work. Um, if you're stuck in, owning your truth and your voice, we can do that work. And then what I just summarized there also branches into my one-on-one offerings for private mentorship. And right now there are four, so you can go have a look at that as well. And I'm just talking one-on-one. I mean, couples are additional and, and the group, the groups are different, right? And so with, um, with the one-on-one work with women, I have it spread it out so that you can see the different concentrations that we might take and uh, structure and flow is also available as a one-on-one um, that program will be coming back in the it feels like late spring right now um, all about the masculine and feminine in time and energetic boundaries heartland is really about energetic and financial sovereignty and structure and flow is about learning that uh, clarity in the boundaries and um, primarily with time and then looking at the, the masculine structure and the feminine flow in terms of time and, and the day. And it comes with a 90 day planner. And so um, that's there as a one-on-one. And then you have some different options around voice, um, uh, your personal unique feminine frequency, and then also the, the sacred architecture work, which is really, really powerful. I just felt the poof as I said that. So um, please check those out if that's of interest. And we are going to get right down to the interview now. I hope that you're doing well. 
I hope that um, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the world. And so, you know, taking care of your system, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and, you know, listening to this, this interview right now with Andrea and getting some of this information about how, you know, oftentimes we just try to keep going and we don't address what's underneath and it's, you know, could be catching up. And and so, uh, you know, take the time for the rest and for really, you know, working with someone like Andrea, someone like myself, someone like a therapist, like whatever your soul is calling you toward, um, it's a really, really good time to have those supports right now. I know I have them. I know I have them for my child and, you know, we need each other right now. So please be taking care of yourself. Please reach out if you want support and I'm just sending so much love to you. Andrea Skitch is a registered social worker, a psychotherapist, and a leader in the area of trauma and dissociation. She guides sensitive, creative adults as they heal their past, increase resilience, and transform their sensitivity into superpower. She has a master's of social work from the University of Toronto. She is EMDR certified and IFS trained, that means internal family systems. She is a certified kundalini teacher as well and enjoys bringing that ancient healing technology to work with her clients. Andrea's spiritual awakening began with the birth of her own son seven years ago. This traumatic experience for her was the doorway to uncovering what it means to process trauma in the mind and body system, how to navigate the subconscious, and how to learn to reclaim those fragmented parts of the self into a whole sensitive being. She believes that all humans experience, at minimum, the trauma of just living in everyday life, and that these painful experiences are actually portals to our own awakening on the planet. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's so good to be here with you. I've been watching your Instagram videos and learning all of these amazing tidbits about trauma. And I really appreciate how you're weaving the trauma-informed care and the kundalini. So thanks for putting yourself out there in the way that you do. It's really needed work in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a new journey to do that, to hop online, but, uh, I've been really enjoying it. So yeah, thanks for saying that. You're totally a natural. It's great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to begin with your personal story. You mentioned it in your bio that your spiritual awakening began at the birth of your son at a traumatic experience. And so, Mm. you know, I'd love to hear more about that, noting that that the trauma was the catalyst for for Mm -hmm. awakening, which I know is a realm that you work in uh, Mm -hmm. now. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, quite uh, an experience, as any woman knows who's um, 
who's had a traumatic birth experience. Um, I guess the cold notes version version would be that I was blessed to have <clears throat> a very healthy pregnancy um, and until the time of the birth when um, my body went into something called HELP syndrome, H-E-L-L-P, which is, um, actually, I can't quite remember at the moment what that stands for. I think it's like low hemoglobin and platelets or something like that. It stands for really dangerous, I'm gathering. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's help, help. Yeah. Says, uh, it's, it's very <clears throat> multi, multi-layered, multi isn't it? Um, anyway, so uh, so I wasn't great. It, it, my body sort of was shutting down. And um, I, I um, what I thought was going to be a, you know, obviously challenging, but um, empowering experience, unfortunately, it was not. Uh, for me. And um, I, I mean, I did have the support of the medical team looking after me and I was able to deliver him vaginally, which was a blessing. And my son was perfectly fine throughout the whole thing, which was, I knew and my, my, in, my instincts told me he was good. I wasn't good. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a blessing. But I think what, what transpired for me was the whole thing actually was so depleting on uh, you know, an emotional level, a physiological level, um, a mental level and a spiritual level, which I didn't really understand at that time. Um, <clears throat> and it, it required um, an immense amount of surrender um, and asking for support to help me recover from that experience. Um, and it was through that recovery period, which lasted years, really, excuse me, that, um, that I began to understand, you know, a bit better about what trauma actually is, um, why, you know, why trauma gets like stuck as opposed to, a, a, let's say a difficult or traumatic experience that somebody can sort of recover from on their own, which many people do. Um, and it, it, it was an experience that opened me up to the different, um, the whole the whole body aspect of what trauma healing really requires. Um, so just to give you again, like a little bit more of the Coles notes version, there was the um, there was the emotional support that I required afterward um, through friends and family and um, a community group, a mother's group, um, as well as my therapist at the time um, and my partner. And also um, physiologically, so I had to understand that the body plays an important role in recovery. So just, for example, even nourishing it with the right food um, and, um, you know, supplements and things like that to just kind of bring my, my system back online. Um, and then it wasn't until a couple of years later that I understood, and I'm still learning a little bit more about the spiritual aspect of coming into motherhood through traumatic door and, and recovering. Hmm. I'm curious about that. That sparks some curiosity. Can you say more? About that? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, what, what do I mean by that? Actually, I would say actually this phase, he's so my son is seven now. So it's been about a seven year journey, which actually interestingly in the Kundalini lineage and maybe others, um, I'm still fairly new to this learning. Um, seven years is a significant 
amount of time, it's considered like a phase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first seven years of my son's life has definitely been a, a phase for him, of course, but also for me as a mother and as a woman. And I think that it's at this phase now where I'm starting to, I guess, you know, level up my, my, my self as a, as a woman and as a mother. Um, and, and, and really exploring what it means to be, um, even more of a whole person, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll explain a little bit later why that word might be relevant for, for healing trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just, just it's hard to put into words, actually. It's just this sort of experience of, you know, existing on m- multiple planes and, and understanding that my soul is here um, in order to be a mother to this person, but also to serve other people and how to be, I guess, kind of like big enough, right. Energetically to hold all those different roles together in one. And I, and I started, you know, at the time of his birth from such a depleted place that yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, I've kind of, I've expanded until this point with so much help and, and, you know, not, not on my own. Um, and uh, yeah, so hopefully that kind of yeah. that a little, a little That's better. A, it's a really beautiful answer. Thank you. And, and I'm really glad that we went there because before we hit record, we were talking about life changes and transitions and just how they really do take time. And mm. I love what you're saying because it's like you had to go through all that to integrate the pieces. These are my words. Integrate the yeah, pieces yeah. that that were um made aware to you like through the trauma and and gather the parts and gather the parts and become whole yes. and then you know you're ready to serve but you are um all the more ready because you went through that that's what i hear yes thank you for that that reflection and summary absolutely i don't think if i hadn't had that experience that i would be where i am today in the sense that um, I wouldn't have even been aware really right. of what I was lacking. Right? right. And the sort of energy that I was coming at the experience from, and actually I can do my own little segue here, if you don't mind that mm-hmm. in, you know, prior to my, my son's birth, um, I had struggled with an autoimmune condition for, for most of my life. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't, you know, the, the Western medicine perspective doesn't see that as something that is necessarily related to, well, trauma, first of all, um, or embodied parts of self that need to be healed. Um, and it, it, and it also, so I, so post, um, traumatic birth of my son, I, I began to understand as well, not only how to recover from that experience, but also, what I had not recovered from, even from my childhood, right. um, that was stored in my body, like that was a totally new concept. Um, so the journey, like the doorway into motherhood, and I know many women um, experience some kind of awakening as they as they come into motherhood, or even um, <clears throat> excuse me, in even as they explore motherhood as a, as a possibility, or even say no to motherhood, whatever those um, conversations are for that woman. Um, you know, it, even that in and of itself is sort of um, can be a doorway um, mm-hmm. into the next phase of her life. And 
and exploring, you know, what up until this point has not been fully integrated or um, embraced or, or loved um, <clears throat> the way that it, it needed to be. So beautiful. And for anyone listening who hasn't heard them, last May, I did a whole month on uh, the mother archetype and and mothers and um, some of the guests spoke to this. So if that mm-hmm. sparks for anyone, I also invite you to go back and listen to the episodes from May in 2020, um, where, where we just focused on the mother. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay, you're a therapist now. Were you a therapist then? You know, I was, yeah, okay. I was actually, yeah. yep. Um, I was a bit earlier on in my practice about two years prior to that. I started my private practice coming from, co- interestingly, coming from the medical field. I was a social worker in the, um, in the hospital system in here in Toronto, um, working with teams and, and doing more of a case management counseling type of on the fly role, um, so I came from that system, um, which I think is was interesting for me to kind of have that polarity experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yes, I was, but I did not fully understand the role of trauma in healing and how, in fact, every human, if you're breathing, you've had trauma, right? The, the trauma of everyday life exists. And yes, there are varying degrees. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to minimize, you know, somebody's extreme trauma and compare it to somebody else's um, or do any comparison really at all. But um, I did not fully appreciate or understand what trauma was or what dissociation was, which I know is something that um, we had talked about bringing up in this conversation as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this. I really love to normalize this on this podcast that we... And I've had therapists on the podcast before too that that explain going through the initial training of therapy. You can be a therapist and never truly understand trauma and how it lives in the body. And I think this information mm-hmm. is you can probably tell us, but you know, it's within the last like 10, 20 years that trauma research has been happening, that the major books on the topic have been written. You know, the polyvagal mm-hmm. theory was what like I don't even know, 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, we're really new sort of timeline speaking um, in mm-hmm. normalizing what trauma is. And so often in the mental health or social work field, and no doubt, you know, anyone who's in those fields probably gets into them for very caring reasons. Mm-hmm. And yet the the true trauma resolution really needs to involve the body, but that's not even something that we understood medically until relatively recently. Oh, absolutely. I resonate with everything you're saying. Um, but I, you know, I think, and I think it's about every, every area of life I think right now is, is going through some type of either awakening or tearing down. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's ultimately a really beautiful thing. That doesn't mean it's easy. Um, and yeah, everything you're saying is correct from my perspective as well, which is that even the word trauma was seen as kind of a, you know, a a taboo thing. Um, you know, we didn't even, and there was a time not long ago that we didn't even think of like, you know, assault on women or rape as like a trauma. We just saw it as like something that was unfortunate that happened to people that, you know, she probably brought on herself. Like that was the old mentality. Like when now, Thank God we are, we're understanding much better, you know, that 
any experience. So let me, maybe I'll just throw in what, what my current definition of trauma is here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a working definition um, as we're all, you know, learning more and expanding more and deepening our understanding of how the body is actually helping us to move through life, including trauma, which it does, which is why it holds on to that negative information for us until we can safely process it. Um, that's why trauma is embodied and needs to be worked with through the body, as you're saying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but my working definition right now, um, which is informed by many people, you know, giants that I stand upon, are is that trauma is any experience which overwhelms the nervous system and leaves negative information behind in the form of a negative cognition or a negative belief about the self. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, you can think about, first of all, and like I said earlier, you know, any human walking around will have experienced what it's like to be flooded by, by pain or by fear, right? I mean, that's a potential experience that could be considered traumatic for somebody if that is what's happening in your body. And I want to say Um, flooded, flooded means overwhelmed. I just wanted to interject Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, exactly. and, and when the nervous system is flooded or overwhelmed, then it, it, we, we can't stay present with what emotions are actually happening. And so our body, as sophisticated and wise and ancient as it is, steps in and will help us actually with this me- mechanism of disconnection from self and from presence. And then we, we separate ourselves from the, from the distress in the moment. And that, that distress or that, those overwhelming feelings, whatever they are, usually negative, um, usually fear, um, although sometimes rage as well, things like that, um, become stored in the body in other ways. And not just the body, but the psyche. So the body and the subconscious are friends. And whatever's stored in our subconscious is, is typically stored in our body as well. Um, you know, and, and we know this because... Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but I'm sure we've all had the experience of, you know, being somewhere or someplace and you just sort of find yourself, you know, feeling a little bit more frustrated than normal or, you know, we had these little triggers, right? And um, those are situations or, or, or examples, I guess I'm trying to say of when our subconscious may be sort of operating in a way and telling us information that of something that we may not have processed. Now, it could be that it just was like a really crappy conversation you had with your partner that's coming up and that's not necessarily considered trauma. What, what, what differentiates the trauma piece is that somewhere along the way in your past, if something is coming up repeatedly in whatever form that it's coming up, there's a negative belief about self that's held in there. A negative belief could be something like I'm unworthy. I'm not safe. I can't handle it. Um, it's my fault. These are the typical um, beliefs that I hear coming up with my clients. Um, and about and other so, people too, yeah, like other people aren't safe, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, other people don't love me, right? Like these projections mm-hmm. of other people kind of being, being the unsafe ones because the body has so much protection. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so it's those negative beliefs that make the trauma stick right? And, and makes it sticky and difficult to move through. Um, 
And, and it's very helpful in the work that I do with clients I've discovered. And this is from my training, not just from what I've made up, but um, that, you know, if we can identify the, the, the original experience that created the negative belief about self and process it, and I could speak in a moment to what that looks like, um, then <laughs> something magical can really happen, which is that that negative belief about self that's been held even from the time all the way back to like in utero. Right. These are really old things. <laughs> that really are old things. Essentially a part of part of our identity by the time we're adults. And you're you're saying you yes. had the baby and then there was this awakening and you're seeing things that went all the way back. I know exactly. a couple of years ago I went through a dark night of the soul and it was like that. It was like, oh, I'm going way back to stuff <laughs> that, you know, wasn't resolved, that that I thought maybe had been resolved. Um but I love to normalize things on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I love to normalize things <laughs> so that we just get more familiar with um like it's okay to do to have trauma. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have yeah. things to work out. Like and in fact we all do. <laughs> yeah. We all do. And totally. so there's such a a cultural um, pressure to have your shit together and have it all figured out and and be the best and you totally. know uphold the self and so in this space we get we get really real with um, no like our modern our modern day nervous system is so jacked with all of the stimulation plus the incidences of trauma plus if you had something like um, a parent with mental illness, that's Mm -hmm. super traumatic inside the system because you don't know what to expect or you don't know how to have um, human relationships that are healthy, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't necessarily a pinpointed incident, but it Mm -hmm. definitely did leave a traumatic mark in the brain and had the effect of those negative self-beliefs so we've all got it we've all got it (laughs) oh totally totally we do and uh, and I just you know I just want to respond to that because I'm so glad you're you're saying that I'm so glad that you're you're doing that work of, of normalizing it and I totally align with that because um because I think like you know going back to that experience with my son like it 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 was the it was moving through the healing of that that made me go oh this right. is just, this is what it means to be human. Like, exactly. this is what it means. <laughs> and I actually think, and this is one thing I'd like to, to bring up is that I'm currently of the belief that um, it's actually the traumas that we hold and therefore the negative beliefs that we hold together that are like, how do I say this? Like, they are the exact, those are the portals. Yeah. They're your portals. Like, Yes, like that's like the information that you get inside the healing of those particular things is the information about who you really are and why you're really on this planet. Otherwise, those things might not have been traumatic for you. Right. 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 Like, because trauma is subjective. And so, those sensitive, vulnerable parts of ourselves, which are also our gifts, where our gifts like lie and and reside, right? that's why they're so vulnerable um, and special and, and, and precious. And, you know um, I think it's almost like 
you know, at least my experience was when I, when I walked backwards, so to speak, through trauma time and back to the little girl in me who was struggling, you know, with a lot of unresolved grief around her. That was one, one um, topic in my home growing up, even though I I grew up in a very loving home. Um, You know, it, it was, it was like, oh, my sensitivity right? My sensitivity to other people's feelings and my awareness of what's not resolved that needs to be resolved um, was both the thing that made me, you know, so affected by that. But it's also the thing that I bring to the planet and the reason why I'm here to serve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So those things go together. At least that's, that's my current working theory about that. Yeah. Beautiful. And I actually want to take this in kind of an unexpected direction and then we'll come on back. But sure. the this idea of like you go through it so that you can bring it forward. Um, or I don't know if it's so that, but if you deeply go through the trauma and the healing, you do have something to offer. Like you were saying, it can be the portal. Um, recently I've just been contemplating on the topic of teacher and guide and, and who is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, So I guess I would like to open up this conversation because if we're sharing, yes, we've had trauma. Yes, we've done so much deep work. It's, it's almost like (laughs) I feel less trust for people who are unwilling to admit imperfection, but call themselves healer or teacher. Um, Mm. And I think that that's, that's, a bit for the new world, right? Because in the old Mm -hmm. paradigm, we would say, well, they've got it figured out. I need to follow them. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I think you and I are saying like, we've got a lot figured out and we are so still on the path (laughs) and, (laughs) or something like that, you know, but it's, um, it's important. I think that again, to normalize that, everyone is human and, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're helping each other. And that's this new paradigm yeah. is like, you know, this person has some medicine because they've lived through that and I'm going through that. And it's when I tell story that people reach out to me and they're like, I just know that you can help me because I've heard you talk about going through it. And so it's, it's no longer mm-hmm. my credentials. It's no longer, <laughs> you know, they don't even know exactly what I do. And, and it's like uh, the relatedness, Mm -hmm. you know? So what do you, anything to add there? Just that topic of like, who's a teacher? Yeah. 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 And, and, and with that, who's an, who's a quote expert. Right. Right. Which is, which is an idea that's also going to the wayside. Um, I love what you're saying. I love it. Um, and it, and it, it comes to my mind that, um, I mean, you know, there's something to be said about this idea that you're, you really are your own healer, um, which I know can sound a little bit cliche, especially right now, because I feel like that's been buzzing around that concept. And I, that's not to say that, you know, a, a sort of average person is going to be able to sit down and like suddenly meditate for 10 hours and then like clear everything. Like, I don't, I don't think that's mm-hmm. realistic or, yeah, or really what we're here for. Yeah. I mean, sure. Maybe there's the odd person and power to them. Um, that's, you know, but I think more realistically, it's this idea that of not giving up on yourself, yeah. right? Because sometimes systems or leaders or guides or therapists or healers, 
um, have limits for how much they can offer you um, based on their own um, journey, like wherever they're at. Right. 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 And that's okay. Yes, exactly. And so just to remember that, you know, if you are somebody who is, um, whether you're just thinking of embarking on looking a little deeper at what might be causing some of the distress in your world, um, or whether or not you're sort of like a seasoned, uh, if you will, um, client who's, you know, really learned quite a lot and wants to go even deeper, um, then in either case, you are still your, your, you are still the boss of you and you have a beautiful intuition system. You're built with it. It's in your, it's in your architect. I heard you use the word architecture. I really love that. Um, and, and, and so trust it, you know, trust it that, you know, you know, best what you need. And, And that doesn't mean, you know, in every single moment of every single day, but um, that 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 knowledge and that knowing is inside of you, and that's I think why you know for example the people Sarah that reach out to you have a probably have a deep knowing that you know there's a connection to be made there that can help them on their healing journey, and that um, that they're probably drawn there by their soul more than they actually realize. Right. Right. Yeah. And mothers listening to you talk about traumatic birth might have a similar you know, pull in that direction to, to reach out to you. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks Mm -hmm. for going there with me. I was like, you know, let's just, let's just help shift this paradigm right here and now. (laughs) Totally. I'm all for it. Yeah. Wonderful. So I wanted to go back to the topic of dissociation and just see if there's anything else there, because I know that you do a lot of work in this area of, so let's just kind of simply redefine dissociation again. You, what is sure. it? Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to do that. Um, and so like anything else right now, as you were mentioning earlier, Sarah, like the topic of trauma and then, you know, the friend of trauma is dissociation. And that's, that's still fairly, I would say new in terms of our understanding as a profession um, about what that's really about. So this is kind of a working definition, but to me, um, Dissociation is an inherent mechanism we all have that will turn on and help us to disconnect from those overwhelming or flooded emotions that I was talking about earlier, um, either during a trauma or even after a trauma, um, that help us to cope by prioritizing daily functioning and survival. Um, you know, and and so. Uh, it's actually a, a, it's quite a beautiful thing. I think we need to be grateful for it. It's got a, you know, anything like this sounds scary and sort of like, oh God, what's dissociation? And, you know, and, and I, like anything, I'd like to kind of reclaim that word and, um, and just point out that dissociation is actually a really amazing mechanism that our body and our nervous system has. Mm-hmm. Now, having said, it's very protective is what I mean. Yeah. But having it serves a real purpose to protect the human so that the human can go on functioning essentially even though there has been a trauma event it's like the brain doesn't want you to remember or want you to see because if you could see that all the time you'd be in way worse shape so it's like let me block this for you yeah exactly and exactly and um and that's very important um but i think what what's what's sort of coming to light at least for me and my work with with these wonderful clients that i have is that the dissociation lives on in a much broader sense than we ever used to think so 
we used to, in the field of mental health, um, it was believed that, you know, people with something called multiple personality disorder, and it's not called that anymore, um, you know, we're, we're sort of the only example of kind of like, I don't know, true dissociation, or at least that's, that's my understanding. That's my, my mm-hmm. experience. And, yeah, and, and of course that's, of course that's true, right? Like individuals who do experience a split in the personality absolutely um, are, are dealing with dissociation, but again, in sort of a functional way um, and, uh, and, and would need the support um, if they're interested in sort of bringing those fragmented parts together, which would be um, a challenging and important road. But actually everybody has, you know, it's like a spectrum, right? And, and dissociation can happen anytime, anywhere. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, you know, faint or kind of like have a complete um, shutdown. It's more like um, it also, dissociation also includes the disconnection between, for example, even a sensation in your body, right? It could be, it could be subtle is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that disconnection leads to like a fragmentation of the mind body system. And it remains fragmented until we have the opportunity in a safe, supported way to reintegrate and process the emotions that originally led to the disconnection and dissociation. Right. And can you talk about, okay, so we're talking about linking back up the body yeah. with the mind, because the mind is where the the thing is blocked. And, um, and yet we have these negative behaviors that we are uh, potentially negative behaviors that we're carrying out as a result of the dissociation because we're not whole where we have it we've we've segmented a part of us yeah so but the the trauma lives also in the body and yes. and so how do you link back up the mind and the body sure I love that question um Maybe what I'll do is I'm going to give you a personal example of a, an experience Great. I had that might might um, try to explain what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about here. Um, but let me just preface that and say there is no one way, right? To oh yeah to re to reintegrate. There's like you know I mean I practice something called EMDR and IFS, which are two approaches in therapy that that I find tend to work really well for some clients. But that does not mean that it's the only way. So. I had an experience where I was, I was doing therapy myself as a client with my very talented therapist. And, um, I, I came to her one day with a headache. I was like, I had this like random headache for like five days, which is very rare for me. It's not something that I typically suffer from maybe the odd one, but not lasting day after day. And, you know, I tried different food interventions. I tried hydration. I tried, um, homeopathics and just different things to help, but I couldn't really get relief from this headache. So this is an embodied painful experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I go, so I connect with my therapist and she's like, okay, let's do, let's do some processing. So we use this EMDR technique. Um, it's not just a technique, it's a whole approach, but anyway, we use that. And, um, and during it, she, she was able to help me identify that the headache itself was, um, was being driven by a part of self, right? A fragmented part of myself. And, Within the session, we were able to um, find out about that part, what it was there for, what it was trying to do for me, how it was trying to protect me. And uh, and we sent love to it and we re- renegotiated with it and integrated some of the, the emotions that it was holding on to. And by the end of the session, my headache was gone. Mm, awesome. 
And it was this beautiful moment where I was like, oh, right. Like it was a, it was a, it was a reminder of like, that would be an example of dissociation because the experience, the emotional experience that I had, my body was holding onto for me was presenting itself at that time for particular reasons. Right. Um, and, uh, and so the integration process took place as I was able to, with her guidance, deeply connect to this part and really understand it and really hear it and really give it space. And, and that was quite a healing experience for me and an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. And I'm reading into something else that you're saying is the headache came up at the time where that thing was ready to resolve. So I really believe on a soul healing path, on a trauma healing path, the next thing that you are ready for is going to reveal itself. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to get out the shovel and the pitchfork and go to the very, <laughs> very bottom of the pile. And in fact, your brain won't let you do that. It's going yes. to heal in appropriate layers. So, yes. you know, the world is awakening right now. Like you said, it's either things are crumbling and things are awakening. They often go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. so I'm imagining that some listeners are having, um, like, uh, they're realizing things maybe about their past uh, and it might feel overwhelming. And to that person, I would say what, what you're experiencing right now is what your soul is telling you you are ready for. Now, mm-hmm. that's like Sarah Poet's deep belief and deep lived experience is that mm-hmm. it, my own guidance system, the body leading, the soul leading, yep. never led me astray. And I got, I got to my answers eventually. I, you know, I wanted the pitchfork and the shovel in the beginning. Um, <laughs> but if I had really dug 10 feet down in the beginning, there's no way that that woman, that version of me would have been able to handle the truths that I eventually yep. got to. Um, yep. And so our brains, our bodies has to feel safe enough for us to get there. And, you know, we, we cultivate that self-trust and trusting the body and, and attuning to what's, um, what's coming up next. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you about that. And thank you for yeah. saying that. Yeah, I do. I really do. And it fits well with a, a paradigm that I've recently come across that I really like, which is, um, that, that life, I'm not going to say this as well as it really probably is intended to be expressed, but, life is sort of like a spiral. And so if you have like a traumatic pain point, um, you know, it was brought to me this idea that you would sort of orbit again and again, right? By this same pain point time and time again, (laughs) but that as you come, as you orbit again and again to it, you know, again, sort of, I I would marry that with your idea of like, okay, here we go again. This is meant to come up now. Um, I kind of chuckled just then because I'm like, yep, it's still there. (laughs) You know, that feeling of like, oh, fuck, there it is again. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I've absolutely had that experience. I'm like, oh, God, okay, here we, you know, I thought I just worked on this last month with her, you know, um, her being my own therapist. Um, But anyway, so, so we spiral again, you know, we orbit again past these different pain points, but remembering that every time we orbit by it, we're a new, we're a new person. Like, whether we like to believe it or not, we've gained insight and experience and our nervous system might be a little bit different and perhaps we've 
had come, you know, crossed paths with, you know, Madam Sarah Poet or something, and has brought us to a different understanding, even if it's un, even if it's minute. And so we we the healing process is cyclical in that way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Well, yeah. before we conclude, I want to make sure that we talk about this notion sure. of highly sensitive, um, mm. because you had mentioned being realizing that you were a sensitive child. And I know that you're working with adults who are sensitive and and there's some societal critique that has existed around being an individual that's sensitive. What are you finding in your practice and in your experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, it's my personal belief that part of this kind of um shifting that's happening on the planet is that it's almost like um the revolt of the highly sensitive people because um i think this is a time that you know people who consider themselves to be highly sensitive are really in being invited to come out of the woodwork and bringing their gifts forward i mean all people too it's not you know i'm not i'm not i don't want to dismiss anybody who doesn't consider themselves highly sensitive but because we all have sensitivities, right? We all have a, a beautiful nervous system, but um, but I'm just noticing that um, you know, for example, on my caseload, my clients that that would consider themselves highly sensitive, I've noticed a trend where they're sort of um, embodying themselves a little bit differently right now. Yeah, um, how so? Well, you know, these are people that um, often have found comfort and maybe hiding a little bit or not ruffling feathers, or um, people who are, oh, this is a common theme, people who um, who consider themselves highly sensitive, but that have been felt very responsible for others and others' well-being for a long time and are saying things like, I don't think I need to be responsible for that anymore. Um, And finding more I guess appreciation and validation around maybe some of this, like um, like you talk about this sort of feminine energy that's more present right now. Cause I think it's giving us, it's giving all of us an opportunity to stop and, and breathe for a moment. Well, those of us who are, are of course working from home and have that kind of situation happening, not everybody does on the planet right now, but um, those of us who do are, are, are kind of pausing, right. And noticing a little bit more what's happening inside them. And certainly my clients who are highly sensitive, I would say are really coming forward in the work that they're doing and, and getting a little more courageous, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it too. The revolt of the highly sensitive people. <laughs> might be even extreme, but that's what they wrote. <laughs> I love that. So what, how do you, I mean, we can imply this. You just you just spoke to a lot of this, but how do you help people who have been highly sensitive, either because of a trauma or because of their nature? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and um, yeah, how are they empowered through that work? Yeah, um, I would say you know a lot of it is. Um, kind of naming some of those, those negative beliefs that come up um, that are common for people who are highly sensitive. 
um, things like it's my fault or, um, you know, I'm responsible for other people's well-being are the two I would say that stand out the most to me because we're highly sensitive people like myself are, are really attuned to the people around them. And oftentimes by proxy, um, you know, especially in childhood, they become um, uh, they fall under the the belief that they are responsible for their environment, partly because they're just so attuned to everything that's going on around them. Um, So how I help them would be depending, I mean, every person is different, um, but it would be helping them to identify we know what the negative beliefs are that they are carrying that might be impeding them from fully showing up and also, and also being afraid, like the things that are getting in the way of and leading to fear around being sensitive, right? Because in the past being sensitive was, could be a overwhelming to the nervous system. B it could be used as, um, uh, sort of like a negative, right? Like that we've all heard the phrase, you know, you're being too sensitive, or at least women typically, oftentimes stereotypically have, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, even a, or a man, for example, who is considered a sensitive man. I mean, we, that's not exactly um, embraced or hasn't been embraced. Um, I think it's changing, but very slowly. So it's, it's recognizing what, what fears or even phobias are getting in the way of a person being fully present to their nervous system and what they are sensing. And when they have an experience, when they, you know, when they're able to sort of be with whatever they're experiencing, then the amount of information that they're getting and that they're able to process, which is typically at a higher speed um, because of just the the sheer amount of information that's coming in, they have to have a processing system that goes with it. And that's how, how they're born. And that's why the nervous system is slightly different for, for people who are highly sensitive. Um, then, the, then suddenly, you know, things start to become more clear to them about um, who they are, what they're here for, and and how they can contribute or how they can serve others um, or how they can bring their creativity to the world. So right now, it's in the process of, um, for me, it's offering therapy services. But I've taken, I'm in the process right now of taking that information and the skills and the insights that I've gained from my private practice. And I am working on creating a, uh, a one-to-one coaching program, which would be a bit, it would be different than therapy specifically. It would be for people who are, um, consider themselves sensitive creatives who, who want to figure out what's getting in the way of them fully embracing their sensitivities. Um, and it will look more like a, a, a one-to-one coaching course, um, be a three-month course that would um, guide somebody through that who wants to have more of a self-directed healing process. So that's exciting. That's on the horizon. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I love that. Um, and just, yeah, like embracing the identity as a sensitive person and holy crap, mm-hmm. what a gift that is to mm-hmm. be highly sensitive. <laughs> you know, maybe our, our very stimulated world makes that um, harder, but mm-hmm. we definitely need um, highly sensitive people to be uh, connected to their creativity, connected to their gift. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because goodness yeah. me, we need innovation and, and new new ideas and solutions that involve that care and sensitivity. So amazing. Absolutely. Andrea, thank you so much for being here and sharing you. your unique blend we didn't really talk about how you integrate kundalini would you like to say anything about that um 
Just very briefly, I'm new to Kundalini Yoga um, as a trained teacher. I've been doing it for some years now on my own. What I just want to say that I love about it so much that supports anybody with a nervous system, but in particular, those of us who consider themselves highly sensitive, is that it's a beautiful practice that really helps to tonify and strengthen that nervous system so it can hold all that information that's coming in. Um, and so it's a beautiful, um, um, you know, it, it supports the work that I'm doing with these uh, sensitive creative souls. Mm, I love that. It supports the nervous system. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, tell people where they can find you on the web, please. Your beautiful Instagram videos. Sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they're welcome to find me uh, on Instagram at, at Andrea Skitch. And my website is andreaskitch.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-S-K-I-T-C-H.com. And I'm uh, in the process of adding some more free um, resources there to the website. So um, feel free to check back there for any new information coming down the pipe. Wonderful. Yeah. And your Instagram videos are really generous. You're leading people through the meditations and I mean, you're having experiences on there. So thanks so much for that <laughs> generosity as well. Yeah. Thank well, thanks you. for being here today. It was great to talk with you. And um, I really appreciate the blend that you're bringing forward. And, um, you know, it, it feels so caring and, and so attuned and so kind of cycling back around to where we started today, you know, the the alchemical process that you've been in since your son's birth and coming back around into being that uh, teacher, I'm going to use that word, uh, <laughs> who has alchemized these parts and is bringing them forward. It's really apparent. So thank you for doing that work and offering it forward. Thank you. Thank you for that feedback and for having me. It's really, really such an honor to be here with you, Sarah. And I really enjoy the work that you're doing as well. So um, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected. And here's to your path of sacred remembering.